live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. We start with the madness. I always say it. Nothing ever lives up to the hype. Nothing except for the NCAA tournament. And I keep saying it because it's always true. Let's go ahead and add that to a list of universally undefeated. At this point in life, we know the universally undefeated are as follows. Sex. Undefeated. Untied. Unbeaten in the history of the world. Father Time. Unbeaten. March Madness. Unbeaten. Diarrhea. The Rhea 2. I conveniently forget that, but the Rhea 2. Yeah, you know how I know? It kicked my ass this week. Urgh! Got a little bit of the bug. Anyway, what I'm getting at is there is nothing better. The bracket dopamine is real. Raw swimming in it right now. Unless, of course, you had Arizona going all the way, and I know a lot of you did. Then your bracket dopamine just turned into bracket battery acid. But hey, that'll happen. Happens to us all. And it's not the first time it's happened either. And not to pile on, but to us all. Arizona, when I say it's not the first time, they had lost to a 15 seed in the first round once before. And not to be this guy, but I actually called it. I did. Not this time, but the last time. As a talk show host on the rise, Roy Firestone used to put me on his up-close show on ESPN in the early 90s. Tommy, that is true. And this is when he would put me on as a panelist. We did a tournament preview segment on one of his shows back in 1993. I called that upset. When Arizona was a two, I called that. And back then, twos did not lose to 15s. But Arizona did. That's how long I've been doing this. And that's how smart I am. And how smart I was back then. Well, it goes to show, history does repeat itself. As the geniuses from Princeton, channeling their inner 1996, shocked the Wildcats, a legitimate national title contender, because I know a lot of you had them going all the way. One possession game. Incredible. Somehow, the Princeton Tigers and head coach Mitch Henderson are, in fact, still dancing. The same Mitch Henderson who led that epic upset of the defending champs, UCLA, back in 96. And that was a shocker, but again, that was only a 13 over a 4. This was from the 15 line. And that's going to make it all the more heartbreaking and devastating for Arizona fan. I mean, I hate to say it, but what a disaster. For the Wildcats, a team that many thought could win it all, somehow failed to score for the final four minutes and 45 seconds of this game against the Ivy Leaguers. And you're not going to win many games in the tournament like that, or any games, ever. Meantime, Zonas Meltdown didn't feel nearly as brutal as the way UVA crashed out because unlike Arizona, Virginia had their game in hand against Furman. 
They led by four with 19 seconds left. They had possession and a a two-point lead when the most unthinkable and incredible thing happened. Thomas Cedric on the best free throw shoot. Clark in a straight jacket. I mean, incredible. Inject that bleep right into my veins. That right there is one of the most beautiful plays I've ever seen. That was so badass. That was so clean. That was damn near symphonic. Alvy, I need it again. I need it 10 more times or 100. Almost Cedric on the best free throw shoot. Clark in a straight jacket. Oh, he didn't need to do that. He threw it away. Ping, Pagese. Like, I literally can't stop watching it. Now, I do feel for Kihei Clark, even if I've got absolutely no idea what he was thinking. The fifth-year senior got trapped in the corner, and he just he just threw it up. After the game, Furman's Jalen Slauson, their star, had a great, great reaction. In fact, he had that reaction. He just freaking threw the ball. Quote, he just freaking threw the ball. He just freaking threw the ball. Such an amazing quote. He said that in the tunnel. He did just freaking throw the ball. And it was an all-time mistake. But the Paladins still had to step up and knock down the most, most clutch shot in program history. They still had to take advantage. They still had to execute. And holy crap, did they ever take advantage and execute. That was surgical. That was Paladin perfection. A paladin, by the way, is a knight, if you're wondering. That's your answer for the water cooler today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Credit to Clark, though. My man sat in his locker, and he took full responsibility, full accountability. Incredible that he might have made the most important pass in UVA Hoops history in the Elite Eight against Purdue in 2019, but also the opposite of the most important pass in UVA history when he just freaking threw the ball. He just freaking threw the ball. Only thing missing from that is the legend Paul Allen incredulously screaming, why do you even ponder passing? Why do you even ponder passing? So that's how Furman grabbed their first tourney win since 1974. And frankly, it couldn't have been any more epic. Like the end of that was just so perfect. I keep watching it. Penn State, meanwhile, also broke a two-plus decade tourney drought in pretty epic fashion, not because of a crazy finish, but because of some crazy sharp shooting. A wild, funkadelic laser show, if you will. You see this dude, Andrew Funk, because Texas A&M clearly missed him when they were letting him pour in not one, not two, not three. Not four, not five, not six, not seven. Eight bleeping threes in that total beatdown. Got to have that funk. Got to have that funk. This dude didn't just go eight for ten from beyond the arc in the first Penn State tourney appearance in 12 years. I don't think dude even grazed the rim. Eight trays, zero rim. It was like 
I don't know. Splash, splash, splash. Smash, smash, smash. Yeah. 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 I just hyped Penn State hoops. And no, I'm not going to lie. The big head James Kelly was on Penn State. And I told him I like him. I respect him. But there's no way in hell I go against my dude, Buzz Williams. Sometimes it's just personal. Sometimes I make it personal. And I love Buzz. Always have, always will. But this time, it came back to bite me in the ass. The attorney be like that. The attorney be like that. That's the beauty of the chaos, though, yo. It's random. It's surprising. It's madness. Then again, some things at the tournament are a little more predictable. Like must-coached teams showing up ready to ball. And yes, Arkansas fan, I know you've been up and down this year. I know that you haven't really known night to night what you're going to get from that team. You know, well, you got what you needed last night. The must bus rolling on. And I'll get to a lot of that or a lot more of that when the man himself comes up at the start of our number two. Then you got Bama. The Bama dominance also on display. The Bama dominance also predictable. And the Bama dominance, frankly, pretty nauseating. Like, while I was down... I was throwing up on my mouth. While I was watching them, I was throwing up on my mouth. But there's no getting around it. They're awfully good on the floor, right? Awkward as hell, too. Brandon Miller and his armed guards actually got shut out by Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and Bama still won by 21. Because nobody ever said they weren't really good. They are really good on the floor and a massive problem and a headache in this tournament, even if nobody wants them to do well other than them. But there are lots of other teams that you can like, that you can get behind, that you can root for, like UCLA, which looked pretty amazing last night. Defending champion Jayhawks, who put up 96 even without Bill Self. Or John Shire's Duke Blue Devils, who are making it pretty clear that certainly Duke is still Duke. Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than Leave it to Beaver reruns. So, get up in here. If you want to cry about your bracket, don't. If you think I'm here to hear, if you think I'm here to hear that, you're wrong. Everybody's brackets are busted. Get up in here though and talk about anything you want because you don't have very many windows. I've got a beef segment. So if yeah, you want a beef, happens. go ahead and do that. You know what? Beef about your bracket if you want. Because I always tell you, you can beef about anything you want. Normally, that's a Thursday thing. It's now a Friday thing. But this Friday only. That's the top of our number three. The big head, James Kelly, joining me at 1040. My mighty gauchos tipping it off in the middle of our number two. They're the baddest, fiercest, nastiest 14 of all time. And they're double-digit dogs. So, you see what Princeton did? Anything could happen. My boy Savage. Look at Jack Savage in the back row. He's got this crazy lid. Savage, you corn dog. Who made that for you? Dude, he's got a split lid. There it is. Put it on. Put it on, dude. Jack Savage. Detective Jack Savage. Rocking a lid that's half Northwestern. Half UCLA. Brag much, corn dog. 
Savage went to both schools. He went to UCLA and Northwestern, and they both won. He's got two schools in the tourney. Bro, I'm going to allow the lid. I'm going to allow the lid. Corny as it is. Hey, man, what can I say about that? That dude went to both those schools, and they're both in, and they both advanced. And wait for it. I think they're going to play each other. Jack Savage. Jesus Christ, it's Jack Savage. Who do you root for, dude? You're like the Kelsey parents. Who do you root for? I'm going to try and get into that. Man, that is music. That is absolute music to my ears. You should know by now exactly what that sound represents. That that is the very best kind of notification you could ever hear. It is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And the moment that another business dream has become a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything. Succulents or stilettos. Flaky salt or fine art prints. All sorts of categories. Fashion, home and garden, health and beauty. Essentially anything. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. We are joined by Eric Musselman. Mus W-P-S. Mus W-P-S. How you feeling, dude? <laughs> I'm doing great, JR. Thanks so much for having me on again. W-P-S. You know, Mus, you know a better than anybody. Survive and advance. Nothing is easy, especially this time of year. You handle Illinois. You live to fight another day. What were your biggest takeaways from that win? Well, Illinois is a really good team. That You know, they, they present a lot of problems. They have a star player at number zero, Terrence Shannon. We did a, a pretty good job of, of building a wall and transition against him and uh, Matthew Mayer, we you know we really wanted to make things difficult for him. He's a starting small forward for the Illini at six foot ten. Uh, we did an incredible job guarding him and, and holding him to zero for five uh, on his five field goal and three ball attempts. So uh, defensively, yesterday, Jim, we were we were really really good offensively, kind of like we have been all year. Moments of of really good play offensively in transition, and then. Uh, moments of two to four minute scoring droughts, but uh, we closed the game out to win a a game against a Big Ten team in a in an eight nine matchup and be able to do that by ten points. We're really happy uh, with how we played, but we understand that page has been turned and we got to move on to Kansas. We had some great film sessions last night, had a walkthrough last night, um, have already done two film sessions today and a, and a walkthrough, and we'll head over to practice in a little bit, but. Obviously, when you think about Kansas, you know, you're talking about the defending champions and a team with a lot of experience. Obviously, Musk, this is not your first rodeo. You are locked in. You've got your process. Eric Musselman is joining us. You know, I, 
I get what you're saying, Mush. You've already turned the page, but one quick thought or two about the game. You know, this is kind of a microcosm of the entire season, right? Offensively, you're not always sure what you're going to get, but defensively, if you show up like that, you're going to take your chances. You held them to 38.5% shooting from the field. You got 19 points off 17 turnovers. How pleased were you with the way your guys got into them defensively and the way they hit the glass? I mean, we were, you know, we felt like we had to use our, even though Illinois is really long uh, and probably one of the tallest teams in the country, starting 6'8", 6'10", 6'11". I mean, they're huge, but we felt, you know, they really don't have a true point guard, so we felt like we had to climb into them, uh, give no airspace, create steals. We did that with 12 steals in the game. You mentioned, Jim, the 17 turnovers, but probably the most important factor for us was we could not allow them to get second-chance opportunities. And I can't remember a game where I've seen, even on a box score anywhere, that a team shot 38% and only had three offensive rebounds. Because when you hold a team to that low of a percentage, below 40% from the field, usually the team is going to get a, a fair share of offensive rebounds because there's a lot of misses. But we did a great job of running through loose balls and long rebounds because, you know, Illinois, they will take a lot of threes. They took 22 three-ball attempts. And so chasing long ball rebounds and running through them and, and being strong with the ball became, you know, paramount in that particular game. Eric Musselman, Arkansas head basketball coach, joining us. Must, speaking of offensive rebounds, Kamani Johnson played just 12 minutes, and he led the game in offensive rebounds. How critical was he in setting the tone last night? JR, he was, I mean, Kamani was, he's been such a big fat. What, what we did is I said, all right, who's got the, you know, who's got experience playing in this tournament? Who knows what it's like to go to two elite eights? And so we knew that Devontae Davis was going to have to have a big impact, not just defensively like he does every game, but he went seven of 14 from the field, two of four from three, and did a great job rebounding the ball with six and uh, six boards and 16 points. But Kamani's 12 minutes, absolutely huge. I mean, he played 12 minutes, had four offensive rebounds. The Illini entire team had three rebounds in 40 minutes, and you take the 40 minutes times five players on, on the floor. I mean, Kamani was dominant with his physicality uh, to start both halves, and then uh, we took him out. He played about five minutes to start each half, and then, and then we brought in a guy that has been starting most of the year in Makai Mitchell to kind of close out uh, both the first half and the, the, the end of the game. Now, Mus, you and I have talked for so long. I've talked to you about every single team you have ever coached. And when you talk about experience in the tournament, like you've had some teams, specifically Nevada, where you kind of knew what you had, right? You had older teams that I don't want to say were a finished product, but you had a really good sense of what you had. Is this group that, or maybe are we talking about a team that literally is growing and evolving on the daily right before your eyes? <laughs> for sure, for sure, at Nevada, um, you know, the, the one year we were there, we had five fifth-year players uh, led by Cody and Caleb Martin. Um, you know, those two guys, obviously in the NBA, and they they basically self-coached the team because uh, they they had they had been with us for for so long. Um, and this team is completely different uh, than than most of the Nevada teams we had, and and even. This team is much different than the, than the two Elite Eight teams uh, at Arkansas, and, and it's because of experience. I mean, we have 12 players uh, on scholarship right now because Trevin Brazil, one of our top players, 
uh, out with a with an ACL injury. So out of our 12 players that we suit up, six of those guys are freshmen. Um, so we are. You you bring up an, a, a a very very true point, Jim. We are growing. Uh, what team rolls out there against Kansas? I'm not really sure how we'll play, but I am sure about one thing. We'll play with toughness, we'll play hard, and we'll compete, and we'll really, really work defensively against a excellent, excellent offensive team. Eric Musselman joining us. Must before you go on, I'm going to ask you about them in the matchup. I'm kind of curious about the way things are. Like, the expectations are so crazy now from the Hog fans because of the success you've had there and how quickly it happened. I mean, you can see where they're drunk on that and when they're out of their minds. And you've got a young team, and it's up and down, and when you guys are good, you're unbelievable. But it's not going to happen every single night for the reasons we're talking about. What do you do with that? You know, I mean, you're a guy who's been around forever, so probably you know what to do with that. But what about the players? How do you make sure that they understand, like, don't get hooked, don't get caught by the noise? How are you handling all that? I mean, we talk about it every day. You know, first of all, you've got you to celebrate making an NCAA tournament. That's really, really hard to do. You've got to get your team, once you get in the tournament, you've got to get them to have an incredible edge. You've got to get them to understand how former players that are in the NBA right now wish they were playing in tomorrow's game against Kansas. We just got done showing our team a clip of Stanley Amude, who is being interviewed. He's playing for the Detroit Drive in the G League how excited he is to watch this thing. We've shown text messages that our staff has gotten from other players like Mason Jones, who's, who's got NBA experience and is now in the G League. So, and then you got to get them loose where they don't play too tight because of the stage they're on. Uh, and I, that was the biggest thing. You know, we led yesterday uh, against Illinois for 37 minutes and 15 seconds for a young team to be able to do that and control the tempo, play at the pace we wanted to uh, for the entire game other than the opening basket that, that the Illini got on us was, 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 was really cool and neat to see. Uh, but we're dealing with, with, with a whole new ball game, with a new theme, uh, with the defending champions. Um, and so this, is good, this game is going to take on a completely different theme, a completely different rhythm. Uh, than what it, what we saw against Illinois. Okay, problem though, must really one quick follow on that. Here's the thing though, you've had some leads this year that you didn't close, you didn't finish on. You had a 17 point lead, it fell to five points. When you looked in your guys' eyes at that point, what did you see yesterday? Well, yesterday was a different vibe. Uh, there was a lot of. It started the day before, actually, Jim. We we had a film session and nobody said a word. Uh, and in, in about five or six minutes in, I stopped and said, hey. That's it. You guys are going to start talking. You guys are going to start communicating with one another. You're going to talk about assignments. You're going to talk about defensive coverages. You are going to be interactive with each other and with us. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the vibe in the meeting room changed where there was a lot of communication. We, we then saw that carry over into our huddle. We, we've had a lot of huddles this year, Jim, where late game, there really was only one voice, and that was the coaching voice. Um, yesterday we had a lot of player voice. We had guys get out of their comfort zone verbally, and I thought that really, really helped us down the stretch. Do you like that, Mus? Or in those moments you're like, hey, 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 everybody quiet. I'm trying to tell you something. Or do you want those other voices? I want total chaos in there with a ton of voices. <laughs> right? Every, every, everybody's a little bit different, but I want, 
I want guys. I mean, I want guys in there giving feedback. I want guys telling guys to guard their man. I want guys talking about block this guy out, double block this guy out. I mean, we want energy in there. Uh, the worst thing in the world, in my opinion, is just to have one voice. Now, if we have to diagram, you know, a last second play, or if we have to diagram a bob to get a shot on late shot clock, certainly uh, you want to have a command of the huddle. Um, which, which the way to do that is to look each guy individually in the eye, diagram where he's going, say that player's name, and, and you will get buy-in on that. But, but I think when there's five, six, eight minutes left in the basketball game and a team's making a run against you, you've got to have internal player leadership. It's the freaking must-bust. All right, so quickly, we hit on everything but the thing. Number one seed, Kansas, next up. How do they look to you on film? How do you feel like you match up with them? Well, first of all, Jim, you, you look at a guy like Wilson, who's Big 12 Player of the Year, really love the fact that he came back to school. He got, he got his game better. Uh, he didn't leave early. Uh, he's a high free throw attempt player, averaging 5.8 FTAs a game. We've got to uh, guard him at three levels because he can score it from three, FTA game. He's got a, a Barkley move in the post where he'll crab dribble smaller defenders, and he's a great kill cutter. The one thing about Kansas, they're a team that young players should watch. They are a great cutting team. Number four, Grady Dick, not only is he a 40% three-point shooter, but he's an incredible mover without the ball. Um, so we have, you know, we've got to guard those two guys. They have a, a, a center uh, who, in my mind, is one of the best pocket passers on a short roll. So he, in their pick-and-roll offense, Jim, 24 Adams short rolls and then he throws cross court bullet passes uh, to the shooters in the corners and we've got to take that away and then Harris their point guard is an incredible defender plays with great pace has great vision and this team is 16th in the NCAA in assists so we've got to rush the quarterback and have active hands defensively EP Muss he must one last thought really quickly I know you're locked in on that clearly you just broke it down I could tell but when you look at this thing the tournament right now from 30,000 feet second seed Arizona gone third seed Virginia both knocked out in the first round does this foreshadow just how wide ass open this entire tournament's going to be (laughs) you said it Jim I mean it is wide open um, you know, I said you, wide you, ass you, open, actually, Musk, <laughs> is what I said. You, I got you, you. You think about that's just one day. Those, those games you just mentioned and the teams that are eliminated, that's off one day. Wait to see what happens today. There'll probably be another two or three upsets today. And now this whole thing gets discombobulated. And, and that's, that's how teams can make Final Fours. You know, there's, there's these wild uh, you look at the brackets when they first come out, and you're, you're, you try to look ahead, and you can't do that. you got to just look at what's ahead of you and figure out how you win that 40 minutes. Man, I'm telling you, the right guest at the right time, WPS Arkansas on in the next round, and they've got a tremendous opportunity against the top seed in their region, Kansas. Must, great to have you on. Thanks for saying yes. Good luck. You know we'll be watching. Love you, JR. Thanks so much for having me on. Love you, Must. Absolutely. 
Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Let's go. We go to Hollywood. Mark in Hollywood starting us off. Mark, what's your beef? Yeah, Jim, my beef is with you skipping out on the show during the busiest time of the year and then throwing us a beef segment like it's some weird attempt at makeup sex. That's like you disappearing on Dodger Jano for two days to have a bender in Vegas, and then you come back and say, hey, come on, Dodger Jano. Buddy just needed a few nights out. Why don't we go into the bedroom and I'll make it up to you. I'll do that thing that I never, ever, ever, ever do. War Penn State beating Texas with ball pressure. Ding. Obviously not accurate because I always do that thing. 1-800-636-8686. The beef segment, dude, is not makeup sex. It's the beef segment. It's better than actual sex. Well, for a lot of you. All right. Let's keep moving. Let's go to Pomona. Anthony in Pomona. Anthony, what's your beef? Hey, Jimmy. My beef is with St. Patrick's Day, and my coworkers giving me grief for not wearing green today. First off, don't try to pinch me. Keep your dirty paws to yourself, okay? Unless you're searching for the answer of what did the five fingers say to the face. Now, being a Lifetime Maker fan, I don't wear green. Ah! That's not a good call. No. You don't like that color. I don't like that color. Not a very good color. What did what did the five fingers say to the face? You mean like you're gonna get punched in the face? Alvin just freaked out. Alvin's like, I don't know what that means, but but better safe than sorry. I think he just threatened to punch somebody in the face. I don't think there's anything weird or dangerous about that. Alvin's like, everything's dirty. Everything's dirty. Smut, smut, smut. I can't take any chances. You're out. What he said was, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm never going to wear green, not even on St. Patty's Day. If you're seeing me right now, I forgot that it was. When I went to get my coffee this morning, my gal at Starbucks reminded me that it was St. Patty's Day. I didn't know. I forgot. All right, 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Albuquerque. Tim in the ABQ. Tim, what's your beef? Yo, Jim, my beef is with this new fashion trend where people have taken the classic ass-mounted fanny pack and they started wearing it across their chest. You guys look like straight nerds. Did your mom have a stroke when she dressed you this morning, you nerds? I'm oh, out. man, he's out. Straight nerds. Let's keep going. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Charleston, Miles. Good to have you, Miles. What's your beef? Rome, what's up, brother? How are you today? Good, dude. How about you? I'm doing well, man. Listen, I have a beef with people that have a beef with smoking in appropriately designated smoking areas. I'm not walking into your house. I'm not walking into your place. If I if it's allowed to smoke and I want to smoke, you know, I'm going to. Thanks, buddy. I'm out. I got you. I got you. I don't agree with you, but I got you. I appreciate you, but I don't I don't agree with you. See, the problem is you can't stay in your sequestered area, the smoke gets out. I know this because I used to live with a smoker, 
And our deal was, dude, never, ever smoke in the house. He's like, you got it. You got it. I won't. And he never did. Yet when we moved out, my entire wardrobe reeked of his smoke, even though he stayed in his said sequestered area. So I got to say, I don't really agree. I appreciate you, dude, but I don't agree with you. Gaucho is trailing by three, just like that. That'll happen. Baylor did win it all a few years back. They are a three for a reason. Four minutes left in the first half. We're down by three. And yes, I said we. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to New Orleans, Stephen. Stephen, what's your beef? My beef is with my mother-in-law. I'm tired of being your damn butler. No, I don't want to come to your house and put your garbage can to the curb because it's too heavy. Reach that light bulb to change that's just out of your grasp or kill spiders on the patio. I might be married to your daughter, but if you keep it up, I'm going to fake my own death, change my name to Jack Savage, and sell T-shirts on the beach in Costa Rica. I'm out. My man, Steven in New Orleans. He's got it all figured out. Hey, can I get a bracket alert, please? UCSB 31, Baylor 29. 319 left in the first half. Don't act like I'm not going to milk that for everything it's worth. Come on now. Let's go to John in Philly. Hey, John. Hey, John. What's your beef? Jim, my beef is with the guy who has that subconscious nervous laugh. You know, the guy that sounds like a hyena sometimes or snorts. And Hey, Ed, in San Antonio, did you hear Jack Savage laugh at all? I know what he kills, Jim. He kills interviews. Didn't you get, don't get in that guy's three-foot circle, dude. He'll waste you. Great acquirement, man. I'm out. A great acquirement? When did acquirement become a word? Dude, I think you mean acquisition. James Kelly cannot believe what you just did to the English language. He's savage. <laughs> That's got to make you feel good that a clone just called you a great acquirement. I don't think I've ever added anybody to the staff. In fact, I know for a fact. I've never added anybody to the staff where a clone rose up and said, dude, great acquirement. You know what, though? So far, dude, you are a, quote, great acquirement. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Sacktown. Ryan, I know you got beef, Ryan. I just don't know what it is. What is your beef? What's up, JR? My beef is with vasectomy doctors. There's not enough of them in Riverside, Baco, and Barstow. Poor Nate's coming back as a guest host in the jungle. I'm out. Wow, dude. He's at it again. He In market, on topic, or at least on brand. You, my friend, are not a great acquirement. In fact, you're the opposite of a great acquirement. Ryan, we're staying with the phones, though. <laughs> Devin, Raleigh, Devin, what's your beef? Romy, first time, long time. Listen, my beef is with the Arizona Wildcats. I went to Arizona and UCLA, uh, uh, you know, forum guy said that Arizona wasn't uh, tough after the Pac-12 championship game. And we all pushed back. But guess what? UCLA fan was right. I'm pissed off. Out. Yeah. And with good reason. Tip your hat to Princeton. Give them credit. I mean, first of all, tip your hat to Princeton. Give them credit. 
I mentioned at the top of the program that in 1993, when you got beat by Santa Clara, uh, 15, I'd called that on Roy Firestone. Roy, perform? Roy Firestone's Up Close program. And I don't remember who it was, but I remember an Arizona player saying after the game, I saw some dude saying that we would get beat, and that guy was right. So, you know, that. That's right. That's right. Kennesaw State is up on Xavier right now, 53-40. There is an upset alert. They're a 14. Gauchos are a 14. They're up on Baylor, 30-29. Man, tournament is wild. Jack Savage has two teams in. Both schools he went to, and they're playing each other. He's a great acquirement. Not to be confused with requirement or acquisition. He combined the two, kind of like Savage combined that hat. Back to it. Let's go this time to Driftwood. Ben in Driftwood. Ben, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. Thanks for the combine. I am sick and tired of people talking down on hot dogs. It's the quintessential food of our nation's pastime. Nothing goes better with a beer, as we know. Just let me eat my Frank in peace without taking a viral video of me eating a glizzy or magic erasing me out of your photo. Maybe I can't afford 20 bucks for the trapper, but I could get eight dogs. I'm out. <laughs> All right, Ben. Dodger Jano hits me this morning with a text saying, don't eat sandwiches. It's all over the news. They're cancer causing. I'm like, sandwiches? Like this is news? Sandwiches. So you, mean, you mean sandwiches that have been around since before the cavemen. Somebody just got around to realizing they're not healthy. Sandwiches. Don't eat them. What? Yeah, thanks for that update. This just in. This just in. Something that's been around longer than time itself is not healthy. Oh, okay. This just in. Oxygen. Don't breathe it. This just in. Water. Don't drink it. This just in. Fire is unhealthy. This just in, the sun is hot. This just in, water is wet. Hey, what are you talking about? Sa- just now scientists are getting around to tell me the sandwiches are not healthy? Oh, okay. 1-800-636-8686. Still on the phones. Look at Stephen H-Town? You mean the nut? Stuck nut. Steve-O, what's up? What's your beef? Yeah, man, my beef is with Ken and S.A. on Twitter. He used to always post those nice pictures of his collection of cars. But now it's all like a collection of his kids. Every day it's a different damn kid. Bro, it's a vagine, not a clown car. Stucknut. You believe Stucknut just shows up out of nowhere with that? Stucknut. Hey, Ken, tell me I was Anastase. The nut. The official historian of the jungle. Man, you know he's feeling strongly about it if he's showing up for that. 1-800-636-8686. I can't lie to you. I'm watching my gauchos out of the corner of my eye. Let's go this time to Will in Nashville. Good to have you, Will. What's your beef? Hey, JR. I got the beef with the guy at the airport gate who's walking around doing a business call in his AirPods like he's in his damn office. <laughs> Wears me out. 
Nobody gives a crap what you're buying or selling, dude. I'm out. I'm with you on that. Every airport's got one. Now check that. Every gate's got one. There's always that guy. One more phone call, then I'll read a few. Bill in central New York. Good to have you, Bill. What's your beef? My girlfriend's family. How come? Too much drama. Just take Jerry Springer, Mari, all those guys. Put them in the one show. They could have a season with no repeat episodes. I'm tired of them calling me. I'm tired of them dealing with it. It's got to stop. I hear you, dude. I'm not a big fan of drama either. Nice job. Rack him. Central New Rack York him. showing up. And I like the way they did. All right, let's go to the written portion of the beefs. Brian and San Pedro. Going from Jack Savage to the big head is like going from Bono to Yoko. It's not a beef. That was a bonus. Let's go to the beefs. Hey, Rome, I got a beef with for sale by owner signs. Who else would be selling it? I mean, that's not right, Drew. If I'm not mistaken, Fizbo? Fizbo means they're not using a real estate agent. It means they're selling it themselves. They're going Lamar Jackson. They don't want to pay a commission. Beef rejection, Drew. There are no wrong beefs except that one. Wrong. Bracket alert. You see Santa Barbara 34, Baylor 31. A minute and a half to go in the first half. Bracket alert. UCSB 34, Baylor 31. Got that, James Kelly? That's why you got your ass run. All right, checking out the beefs. Bracket alert. UCSB 34, Baylor 33. They're still winning. Hey, Jimothy, my beef is with my left hand. I mean, I have one hand that has its master's degree and can literally do everything. Need to eat? My right hand is there in the clutch with a fork and even chopsticks to assist. How about a shave? Again, righty can hold a deadly weapon next to my jugular to trim hairs. Meanwhile, my left hand just sits there existing and can barely hold a pencil. Left hands suck. Wow, dude. That's different. Eric in Colorado Springs. Dear pimp, my beef is the guy at the office that starts undoing his pants and fly before he gets to the bathroom. Buddy, I know you got to unload, but how about waiting until you exit the hallway before settling in? Craig in Calgary. Ram Jim. My beef is with the bag of my neighborhood who drives the M5 with a souped-up exhaust system. Hey, a-hole, it's 7 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Nobody wants to listen to you sitting idle in your glorified lawnmower. <laughs> in your glorified lawnmower that is shaking our window panes. Either get in the car and drive away or don't get in at all. Tyler in the O.C., Bracket alert. UC Santa Barbara 36, Baylor 35. Halftime, yo. It's my man Joe Pasternak. I don't know what Joe's saying, but get him, Joe. Get it, Joe. Gaucho's up by one at halftime. They're a 14. 
Jimmers. I got hashtag beef with jacuzzi parties. It's not a soak, a dip, a relaxing end of your day. It is a boiling marinade of human excrement. Figure it out. Abigail in San Diego. It's disgusting. But she might not be wrong. It says, my beef is with avocados. One second, they're not ripe. The next second, they're way too ripe and brown. Step your game up, avocados, and stay ripe for a reasonable amount of time. It's fair. My beef is with wacky sock guy in my office. He isn't even subtle about it. He parades around, hitting up different coworkers, voluntarily showing off his cool new cookie monster socks. His entire persona is socks. Rome, my beef is with adults at ball games who go absolutely nuts when the mascot shows up with a t-shirt cannon. We all see it. The guy that jumps up and down, waving their arms around to get the attention of the bipedal mountain lion and excitedly spills their beer all over the place. Hey, dorks. You're sitting in the first level with enough cash in your wallet to buy out the team store. Sit down and let the nine-year-olds next to you have a shot. Tommy in Vermont. Romy, I got beef with that Jack Savage. And his shoot first, ask questions later attitude. He's leaving a trail of destruction in the streets. The mayor is going to have my ass. Regards the police chief. Hate to say it, G off, but well done. Rome Town Buffet. My beef is with my brother-in-law who said he needed a place to crash for two days. It's been two weeks. He's dirty. He eats all my food. He freckles my toilet. He also loves to Dutch oven my bed. That's where you fart under the covers and leave the stench under the blanket. So now my bed, (laughs) my bed constantly smells like fart. Get the hell out of my house. Sign V in the fee. So quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? He is Charles Robinson. Charles, what's going on? How are you? 
I'm doing well, brother. How are you doing today? Good, dude. Good. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming back. Listen, for a lot of people, Aaron Rodgers' fatigue is set in. Not for this dude. I'm here for it. All of it. He pretty much let it all hang out on the McAfee Show this week. Let me ask you this. What have you seen or heard from Aaron since he emerged from the darkness that has stood out to you most of all? Well, I we're kind of entering Brett Favre territory. Remember, I don't think a lot of people remember how it ended between Brett Favre and the Packers, but it was Brett basically saying, hey, the Packers pushed me out. I wanted to come back, and they wanted to move on to Aaron, and, you know, this is why I ended up with the New York Jets, and that's really what's happened now with Aaron Rodgers. You listen closely uh, to what he said on the Pat McAfee show. He said, when I came out of the darkness retreat, uh, the tone of the team had changed, and – all of a sudden, I'm finding out, like, hey, I'm I'm being shopped. And I don't think you get more clear than him saying I I was uh, still up in the air in terms of what I wanted to do, and that's part of what the darkness retreat was for. And when I came back out, the Packers weren't up in the air. I was being shopped. I was being pushed. And Mark Murphy, the CEO, made that as clear as possible when, with clear intent, went out and said, you know what, I'm going to talk about him in the past tense. I'm going to talk about, hey, you know, when Hall of Fame time comes uh, comes around, We'll be there for him, but uh, for all intents and purposes, we, we're moving on. And, um, you know, I think, Aaron, at that point, that's you're in a situation where you have a one-team market. You have the Jets who want you. They believe they can uh, be a Super Bowl-caliber team the second you walk through that door. And that's really how this has all come together. Now it's just the waiting game in terms of who can be most patient on the compensation. Charles Robinson joining us to that very point that it's a one-team market in the compensation. You know, regarding all of that, there is some disagreement. In your opinion, who has the leverage here? Is it the Packers, the Jets, or maybe Aaron himself? I think Aaron has the leverage. You know, we're arguing back and forth about who has the leverage between the Packers and the Jets and who can be most patient. But Aaron is sitting there, you know, and he knows the Packers don't want me back. They don't want me in that building. They don't want... Uh, to be on the hook for $60 million this year, and they can't cut me. If they cut me, they owe me more than $94 million. Um, so in some sense, Rodgers does hold the cards here. He, he can stare at the Packers and say, look, take your time, do whatever you want, but the second I can be back in that building, I will be, and I will be make it, making it as uncomfortable as possible. You're going to pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option in May. He's your uh, presumed starter. Um, you don't want me around. So you need to go ahead and wrap this up. And if that means taking slightly less than what you would hope to get from the Jets, you need to do that. And I think the Jets are on board with it right now. I think the Jets are like, look, there's other players we got to go out and hunt down, and, and we have you know parts of the roster we're going to update. We can take our time doing this. And eventually the Packers are going to have to make a move because Rodgers can walk back into that building. Um, he's still under contract. He's still a Packer. And it's they look, the union would step in if the Packers were like, hey, Aaron, uh, we're not going to allow you back in the building. At that point, the union's going to step in. They're going to say, wait a minute. He's under contract. You can't hold him hostage. You can't keep him out. He's he's your player and your player is reporting. And you're saying, no, we're not accepting that. That's it's going to be a real mess. And but, I, you know, people are underestimating the amount of leverage Rodgers really does have to go back in that building, make things really awkward. Charles Robinson joining us. I was going to ask you that very question since you hit on it. Let's just finish the thought. Is there any scenario, any scenario or any percentage where you could see him going back and playing another year with the Packers because the whole thing just blew up? I don't. I really don't. I, not at this at this stage. I think the Packers know if. 
push comes to shove, they're going to just take the lesser compensation. They'll figure it out and be creative and try to see if, I, you know, look, they're not going to get two first-round picks out of this guy. I don't know that they're necessarily going to get one first-round pick, but I do think there could be a package worked out where maybe it's a couple of second-round picks and one of those picks can graduate into a first-rounder if Aaron plays two years, if they win a Super Bowl in you know one of the next two years. Because I really do think for the Jets, it, this acquisition, it's a two-year window. They'd like to have Aaron come in and have it be sort of the Tom Brady plan when he went to Tampa, which was a two-year window. Let's see what we can build in this two-year time frame. Um, I just I don't think there's any way at this point the Packers want any part of this. Uh, the potential of him him returning, and if that means having to take less, it's better to do that than just go through a complete public relations and, and team nightmare, which is exactly what they're asking for. Charles Robinson joining us. So this next question, I think, relates in part to what the compensation is. But you know, to your point, the Jets think they are a Super Bowl team, or at least they've got to look at it with Aaron Rodgers. In your opinion, I mean, obviously they're much better. But what does he make them really? Are they a playoff team or are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender with Rodgers? Well, let's be clear. They still have work to do. We know that. Um, the offensive line, they've got to figure out how they want to stack the line, what's going to happen with Mekhi Becton, um, what the, the tackle position is going to look like. So there's there's work to be done there. they got to extend Quinn and Williams. Um, that's going to be a massive contract, like a market-setting contract extension for an interior defensive lineman. Um, so, that, look, there's there's other business to be done. There's no doubt about that. But if you talk to the Jets and they're being honest, they felt like their Super Bowl window, they actually had a shot last year if they would have just had competent quarterback play, which speaks to how bad they really felt like the quarterback position was for them last year. You know, a little bit above average quarterback play with that defense and had Brees Hall not gone down with the knee injury you know, the Jets felt like we could have been talking about not just a playoff run, but a sustained, surprising, stunning playoff run. Now, a year later, while starting uh, next, uh, when the season kicks off in September, I think they feel like health permitting, um, they're going to have a Super Bowl team with Aaron there in the fold. And, um, you know, they'll take care of whatever business they need to take care of. They'll talk to some of these other players that are on this list that doesn't exist. Now we're hearing, Oh, they might be talking to Odell Beckham jr. I think Mercedes Lewis is a guy they'll talk to Randall Cobb. Um, so they'll bring in some of Aaron's trusted, uh, you know, players on the roster and, and just like the, the Buccaneers did with Brady, but uh, there's zero question. I don't know if they'll admit it publicly, but there's zero question. They feel like they get Rodgers in, they get this business sewn up. They're going to be a Super Bowl caliber team next year. So one more thought about that. Like he won the MVP back to back, and then last year's numbers were down. I mean, would the Jets have you believe, or internally do they believe that if he gives them exactly what he gave Green Bay last year, that's enough to get to the Super Bowl? I think they uh, see. I think they think he'll he'll give them better than what. Um, the he was able to give the Packers last year. I think, first off, they feel like the overall talent of the wide receiver position will not only be better than what it was with the Packers last year, because let's remember, I mean, Devontae Adams was, was out. You're dealing with a couple of rookies that, you know, he's trying to bring along during the course of the season. Um, there were injuries around him. I think they're looking at Aaron Rodgers and they're saying, we're going to have a more seasoned set of wide receivers um, our, our young players, top-line player Garrett Wilson, I mean, you're talking about an offensive player of the year last year, offensive rookie of the year last year. Um, you know, I, I think they feel like running back-wise, Brees Hall can come back healthy at some point. That will help. 
Um, I, I just think they feel like, look, the pieces around him are going to be better than they ultimately were um, with the Packers once they're finished doing the work that they have to do. Plus, he's going to have Nathaniel Hackett. And I know everyone clowns Hackett and what a terrible outcome it was in Denver, but Hackett was there for the for you know back-to-back MVP seasons, and a lot of that had to do with not only the offense they were running, but the fact that Hackett put a lot of that offense in Aaron's hands. Now, you know there were internal fights at times with Matt Lafleur and Aaron about you know how exactly they wanted that offense to function, but I think Aaron knows this is going to be more toward the West Coast style that I want to run. I'm going to be able to call protections at the line. A lot of this offense is going to be put in my hands, and I think that's a good thing both for him and Hackett. I agree. Charles Robinson joining us, and he loves Hackett. I agree with you. I mean, we all clowned him for how it went last year, but you know Aaron loves the guy. Charles, really quickly, you mentioned Odell Beckham. I mean, yeah, it'd be great for Aaron Rodgers to have Beckham, but that's not going to happen. That's out of the question, given what Beckham wants. In fact, given what Beckham wants, what's the market look like for him right now? Good luck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know if there's a market there for a $20 million wide receiver. I'm baffled, honestly, at at that figure because he's 30 years old. Um, you've seen a remarkable run of injuries. I mean, look, at, at times has he flashed that player that he was, we're talking now six years ago, you know, seven years ago. Yeah, he, he flashed it, but we haven't seen that guy consistently in a really long time. There's been a couple of knee injuries. That's concerning. And again, he's 30. No one's running out there to pay any 30-year-old wide receiver who has not been at the top of their game the last couple of seasons $20 million a season in, in 2023. So if he dials that back, and we're talking about you know a two- or three-year deal at a clip of you know, $12 million, $13 million, um, maybe you know, $20 to $25 million guaranteed, that's, that's a different deal that I think some teams would be willing to sign on for. But at his numbers right now, I don't think he has a market. And the only way he would end up with the Jets, it would be a significant discount below $20 million a season if that's actually what he's seeking right now. So who's got less of a market, him or Ezekiel Elliott? Man, that's a good question. Wow. Wow, what a question. That's a fantastic question. Thanks, dude. Uh, I mean, normally you would say the running back, right? But, I mean, just the age on Beckham Jr., uh, the injuries, I mean, it's – Here's the thing about Ezekiel Elliott that I, I think people underrate. Um, he had a pretty solid season last year, and that uh, rotation uh, between he and Tony Pollard actually worked really well. Um, but, you know, is he the same player won back-to-back rushing titles? No, he's not. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's just a different player at this point, and, you know, health is always going to be a concern. He's going to have to be part of a rotation. Um, but his price tag is going to be a lot less. So I would say that actually Zeke probably has a better market than Odell just in terms of knowing where his his price tag is ultimately going to fall. This isn't going to be a $10 million running back for someone to sign. It's going to be a cheaper deal than that. And, you know, I think the the ability of teams to want to rotate and have a power running back will keep him on the radar of some teams. But I'm just telling you, Odell Beckham in the $20 million digit, that's, that's a non-starter. No, no one is going to look at him. Um, for that number, and at the very least, when you look at Ezekiel Elliott, he's not sitting there going, well, geez, I need 15. That's kind of what it would look like if he was doing what Odell's doing right now. Right. He is a Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer. He is co-host of You Pod to Win the Game podcast. And as I mentioned, an all-around badass journal. Always here for us. Charles Robinson, my guest. Dude, appreciate you very much. Great job, as always, and thanks for coming back on. 
Thanks for having me, brother. Take care. I do like to spot the big head right where it all started, right here on the Daily Head. What's cracking? How you doing, dude? I'm doing great, Jim. How are you? I'm great. I was going to say fine, but I'm better than fine. I'm actually great. <laughs> Gaucho's down by one right now. Hey, listen, how are you doing so far in the tournament? How's it treating you thus far? Started off on absolute fire yesterday, hit my first five games, and then I kind of kikied it on the back end there, you know, a little premature celebration and, you know, sharded a little bit. But overall, one of my best first days ever for the tournament. It's incredible, dude. I go from a guy who has an advanced degree from Northwestern to somebody who uses the word sharded. Correct. That's right. Yeah, Diverse yeah, that's, staff It's here. all wrong, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you're not going to hook me with this nonsense. Let's get right to it. Why don't okay. we start with some of the action? Kentucky, minus four versus Providence. Challenging year for Big Blue Nation. And our dude Cal has mm-hmm. been hearing it. Again, if the Cats make a run, all will be forgiven. But they've got to get through Providence first. How are you playing that game? I'll take Cal and lay the four points here. Big story is former Wildcat, now Providence best player, Bryce Hopkins, and his revenge game. But Cal has athletes, man. For Hopkins and the Friars, they aren't playing good at all right now. They're not they playing are, well. They're not playing Moron. well. Damn it. Damn it. Why can't you learn that? They're not playing well. They're not playing well at all, Jim. They started 14-3 and and 6-0 in the Big East. They finished the season by going 7-8 and down the stretch. Also, Providence's only size is Ed Crosswell. If Oscar Shibway can get him in foul trouble, they're in deep bleep. The biggest battle will be on the boards here. Kentucky ranks third in the country in total rebound percentage. Providence ranks 10th there. The Friars have lost their last four games, though, that they didn't win the rebounding margin, so I like that. Here's the scary thing a little bit. ATS, well, Providence isn't good there. 0-4 in their last four versus a team with a winning record. But the big concern... Kentucky, horrible, horrible number right here. 3-14 and 14 ATS in their last 17 neutral site games. That is ass. But let's say the Friars don't poop in Cal's ice cream here and take the Cats minus four. All right, I see you working. Well if you saw me grimace on the TV side, it's not about? over your take, but over the fact that my Gauchos did not finish another opportunity. Come on, fellas. What's they're score? hanging. It's 11-11 right now, but they've missed okay. a couple step of opportunities up. to finish. No, they're, they're, they don't need to step their game up, man. They're great. They're not afraid. The stage is not too big. We just need to finish those opportunities. All right, Montana State v. Kansas State. I think that's a pretty interesting matchup in and of Mm -hmm. itself. If you like Montana State and you want some value, it's a really nice opportunity. What's the number? How are you playing that game? You can get Montana State and eight points right now. I'll take those. Yes, eight. Seven and a half, eight, somewhere like there. But you can shop and get that eight, and I'll take them. I like Danny Sprinkle and his Bobcats here. Um, they've won 14 of their final 15 games. They have talent. They have depth. They also have last year's uh, returning conference player of the year in Jabril Bello, but he's not even their leading scorer. Raekwon Battle is. They also have the conference best player defensive-wise in Darius Brown, and their entire team actually plays really, really good defense, and they protect the rim, and that's K-State's game, attack. On offense, too, for Montana State, they get to the line at the fifth-best rate in the country, and K-State fouls the hell out of people. Sorry about that, Alvin. Thank you. Also, K-State also finished the season in losing seven of their last eight games outside Manhattan, so I like that. ATS, both of them are really, really good here. 65% cover for Wildcats, 63% for the Bobcats, but I'm going the Bobcats and the eight points. All right, I knew you'd like that value. Kent State v. Indiana. Now, we had Mike Woodson on the show recently. You know how I feel about him? Hell, I know how you feel about him, but I also know you love value. We just saw it in the last game. 
you're not showing up here to get all chalky with it. I know you had, I don't know which way you're going to go, but I feel like you're leaning strongly toward Kent State over IU, even though you like Mike Woodson. Am I right? That's right, Stu Elliott. I'm, I'm going to do that right. right there. I'm a little concerned, though, because it um, seems like everybody is on Kent State right now, but I'll take the four and a half points you can get right now. They have depth and played both Houston and Gonzaga close this season. Indiana, now they run through Trace Jackson Davis, their big guy, but uh, defense is where Kent State's strength is, and they have a few bodies they can get after Trace with. They pack the paint and make Indiana beat them tonight. That should be the plan. Uh, but Indiana has made 37% of their threes, which ranks 35th in the country, but that's not what they do. They attempted the 353rd most threes per game this season. Also, the Golden Flashes have a player in Sincere Carey, He's a damn good ball player. He might even have an NBA future. I like him. The magic number seems to be 76 for Kent State. They are 18-0 when they score 76 points and 10-6 and when they don't get that number. ATS, the Golden Flashers, are 4-0 in their last four neutral site games. I like that. Kent State plus 4.5. All right, so are your clones getting this all down? It is the Big Head Bet segment within the show. VCU v. St. Mary's. I really like that matchup. I love St. Mary's. I love him as a program. I love Randy Bennett as a coach. coach. This is a really, really good program and really underappreciated and really underrated. Those who know, know. VCU, though, has had a hell of a year. Mm -hmm. Really intriguing matchup. What is the latest number? How are you going to play that game? St. Mary's is favored by four points here. This is going to be a low-scoring game, and it's because your guy Bennett, uh, his team plays slow. Nobody plays slower in the tournament than his team does, but I'm taking the points and the Rams here. Love their defense, and I love their ball pressure. Ball pressure. Yeah, ball pressure. I said it clones real funny. Ha, ha, ha. Um, Not to anybody but you, dude. <laughs> dude, why, why, why are you styling something so childish? Well, because I know well, they're yeah, going to You heard I just said Beavis. You know, uh, just do the show, dude. Tweets. Man, just do yeah. your job. The Laurel Thunder. Grow the hell up. Yeah. Nobody thought that was funny, dude. Okay. Nobody. Okay. Nobody. Nobody. But it's true. They play great defense. They force a turnover on nearly one-fifth of their A-10 opponent's possessions up the floor during the league. A- Ace Baldwin Jr. is their best player. He's a damn stud, actually. They cover um, – could come down, though, to free throw contest. Both teams here, Jim, are complete ass. St. Mary's ranks 284th in the country at the line. The Rams, 267th. But wow. Baldwin is the primary ball handler for uh, VCO, VCU. Sorry, VCO. Thank you, Alvin. And he hits nearly why, 80%. Why are you thanking of, him for pointing out that you're wrong? Because <laughs> I knew it was coming. Same page all the time. But uh, ATS, the Rams are fire here. 7-1 and one in their last eight games, 11-2 and two in their last 13 via team with a winning record. Let's go with the Rams and the points. All right, head quickly. TCU-Arizona State, another fascinating matchup for me personally. Mm-hmm. Bobby Hurley came on the Jim Rohn podcast recently, did a great job like he always does. And TCU obviously is coached by Jamie Dixon, who has mm-hmm. gaucho ties from way back in the day. I am connected to both these dudes going way, way, way back. However, they are not playing horse against one another. TCU v. ASU, what is the number? Where are you going with that one? I'm going to lay the five points and take TCU here. They're Mm. athletic. They could defend and they could run. They're actually number one in the country in fast break points. They force turnovers on 23% of their opponents' possessions. Possessions, possessions. sorry. Possessions. Yep, uh-uh. another one right there. Uh-uh. Mike Miles That's Jr. That's manual Jim. right there. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's alive. 
Uh, Mike is their best player. He battled injuries and hasn't been shooting great lately, but they are a really, really good team with him in the lineup. They can almost play with anybody. It's good to see you back to normal, dude. Last time you came on, you were like flawless, and it was so weird. And actually, the polish was not appreciated. I'm glad that you're back to who you really are. It's funner that way, right? Funner? Funner. It is funner that way. It's well. It is funner that that way, dude. Anyway, no, I can't say anyways either. Back to my points here in my head. Both team strength is defense. I just did that TCU live, man. <laughs> Do you know if that's live or if that's on Memorex? Ooh, that was you. That was me. Yeah, Winthrop. It's funner that way. Winthrop. <laughs> Go ahead, dude. Uh, both teams' weaknesses, shooting the ball from distance. They're uh, full windy here, gassy. Uh, both sides is coming from right here. Don't do it, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin, don't me. do it. Idiots. Both of you. Right there. Arizona State hits 31% of their threes, 294th best in the country. TCU ranks 339th from shooting from three. But ASU shot 63% from the floor and 52% from distance against Nevada on Wednesday, so that's a big one. But law of averages here. And I think the fact that TCU actually guards the three well, they rank 20th there. I like that. ATS, Bobby's team, 1-7 in in their last eight games following an ATS win. Horn Frogs, minus five. All right, so although the Mighty Gauchos are already underway, let me get a quick thought on the baddest 14 seed ever looking to shock Baylor. It's starting to get away from them a little bit right now, mm-hmm. but even if it doesn't happen, even if it doesn't happen, I know you took the Gauchos because there were double-digit points, right? So here's the thing. You have to be able to score against Baylor, and the Gauchos could do that, but honestly, I was worried about their rebounding and not being able to keep up with them on the glass, so I actually laid the points here. Uh, offensive rebounding, man. I, I just don't know if they could do that, Jim, and I'm not sure they can keep up from deep with this Baylor team, so no offense, but I um, took the Baylor Bears, and I laid those points. Hey, Head, uh, no offense. Mm-hmm. You get your ass out of here. Alvin, take care of that for me. Ah, are you kidding me with that? You don't like that car. I don't like that car. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? Are you serious? Get the hell out of here with that what? nonsense. You're going to come on my show and pick against my team? Give me back my- on my show. You're going to pick against my family. You, you just did that. The hell do you think you are, head? Get out of here with that crap. You really just came here and you couldn't say or pick the gauchos Plus 10? Plus 10 and a half? What, what's next, loser? Are you going to show up at Logan Rome's high school baseball games, sit on the other side, and root against him too? You just came on my show and picked against my fam? Welcome to the jungle. What's going on? A very good Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. It's a great Monday. One of the best Mondays of the year, of course. Coming off Selection Sunday. Let's get it. Almost nothing ever lives up to the hype. We all know that. Except the NCAA tournament. And the NCAA tournament always smashes the hype. Virtually every single year. The fact that Alabama is the number one overall seed, as reprehensible as they've been off the floor, there's really no arguing that going into the dance, they're the number one overall seed, and they are the ones to beat. John Rothstein. John, what's going on? How are you? Never better, Jim. Great to be with you. This is March. Ross, what's going on? How are you? The Gauchos can't be the most dangerous 14 seed in the history. Well, maybe they are. But if they are, the Princeton Tigers are the most threatening 15 seed in the history of the Galaxy. <laughs> third string linebacker named Fred Cyclops. <laughs> <Seinhoff. laughs> 
The Falcons have acquired. You might want to check on your boy Rich Smackerman. I think he just had a stroke <laughs> during that update. For a seventh round pick and also re signed guard. Get that uh, Ben Lindbergh. You better uh, take an aspirin. All that dude w- does is win. He's got to have a seven hundred seventy percent winning completion, right? That's right. Talking about Rasul. Rogers is so vain that he's just trying to milk, you know, the attention for as long as he can. Oh, Jim, you're laughing. I've been laughing all morning long. Have you heard anything like that? Reynas versus Burhalter's feud. Imagine those same friends using that moment and weaponizing it because their son didn't get enough playing time. Soccer's gonna soccer. And of all people, I should have known better. Carlos Boozer joining us. How cool of a story would it be in Shire's first year if he's able to win a title and get to the Final Four? That would be pretty amazing. I don't understand all the hate that Jimmy's still getting. And I think Raider fan, like, you need to just slow your roll. Welcome to the program. My name is Brian Weber. My best ability is availability. So when the phone rang, I said yes. Aaron Rodgers, he intends to play for the Jets, so Josh Alper from Pro Football Talk. Well, I, I mean, it's about time. Finally get that <laughs> confirmation. Uh, you know, all, all signs have been pointing to this for quite a while. How ponderous and egomaniacal and narcissistic Aaron Rodgers sounded. Twitter! One laconic. After all these years of Rome coaching us on how to fake sick to set up a couple days off to watch the tournament, he's finally pulled it off himself. <laughs> Joe Pasternak. It's awesome. You know, I'm just so happy for our players, the excitement, the joy on their faces, the jumping up and down excitement. Well, do you need to pull over? Are you having an encounter no, with no, law it's enforcement? An it's, a, it's an ambulance. I don't know. Okay. I'm actually in, uh, I'm actually trying to find Aaron Rodgers in New York right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let me ask you this. Who had Rome filling in for Rome in the who will fill in for Rome pool? I win. He is Charles Robinson. So who's got less of a market, him or Ezekiel Elliott? Man, that's a good question. Wow, what a question. That's a fantastic question. Thanks, dude. We are joined by Eric Musselman. Does this foreshadow just how wide-ass open this entire tournament's going to be? <laughs> you said it, Jim. I mean, it is wide open. You know, I said wide-ass open, actually, Musk, <laughs> is what I said. It is Jack Savage. I figured today would be a perfect day. Our newest addition to the staff. Jack, how you feeling, dude? Yo, how's it going? The analogy I use, grad school, it's like a fun fling for a little bit, but, you know, undergrad, that's the love of your life. You always go back to the love of your life. You wish your fling all the best. No offense, but I um, took the Baylor Bears and I laid those points. No offense. Mm-hmm. You get your ass out of here. Ah! Are you kidding me with that? I know what he kills, Jimmy. Kills interviews. Great acquirement, man. I'm out. A great acquirement? Thanks, Jim. We sleep in May. That's it. They didn't tell me I was filling in today. I didn't have a chance to go to the steam room. Love you, JR. Thanks so much for having me on. Take I like the it. Shows the however many they're getting too. You got it's it, the Ross. Tucker Rome special. Take the Tigers and the fourteen and a half. Tell Jim to get well soon. Good night now. Good night now.